irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Would you have a drink with a rat? This fat rat needs to go on a diet. Do you know what a wolf looks like? More on Amish puppy factories. These are just a few of the topics... We will be covering today, hello, I'm William Mayoff, co-host with Nancy DeFabio. Hello. So the voice you just heard is William Mayoff. He is my co-host. And welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals, including mammals, birds, fish, reptiles, amphibians, and insects, otherwise called anthropods. Topics range from animals in science, animals in entertainment, play, an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. And although I have already formed my opinion on many of the topics, and I will share those opinions with you, this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world, and from that information, you can draw your own conclusion. But first, William has something to say. The other day, my wife found a spider in the living room and told me to take the spider out instead of killing it. So we went out and had some drinks. He's a cool guy. He wants to become a web developer. (laughs) I think that's a funny joke. (laughs) Um, So last week, let's get a little bit serious here. Um, But before we get serious, let's get some happy news. Why don't we do that? Before we get some happy news, let me just say it's great to be back with you, Nancy, on air, part two here, show number two. Let me tell you why. Because your intro touched a a chord. You know, animals are part of everyday life, and uh, especially the cutie ones and all those, and some not so cute. But uh, the the goal, the mission of this broadcast and, 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 you know, your zeal towards it. I can recognize that, and I appreciate that. So I'm happy to be part of this. Now, Why don't you read some news for us? Get to work. Okay, now get to work. Uh, the Rat Cafe, San, Dateline, San Francisco. San Francisco Chronicle. This month, San Francisco is getting a pop-up called the Rat Bar, where you can spend a few nights cozying up to rats while having a drink. The pop-up costs... $49.99 per person. Included in the purchase is a 60-minute live interactive show focused on the weird, twisted, dark side of San Francisco's history. After the show, patrons will have 30 minutes to spend touching and picking up the rats before heading to an upstairs cash bar that will serve drinks like the Amarato Sour and non-alcoholic drinks. And you thought you knew San Francisco. The rats will be provided by a Radical Rodent Rescue, a nonprofit group specializing in finding homes for small animals and rodents. The rats will also be available for adoption. Rat Bar will be located at the San Francisco Dungeon, 145 Jefferson Street. That's 145 Jefferson Street. Reservations must be made by June 11th. 
pop-up lash June 13th through the 15th. I guess they have enough rats to collect for, for, the, for the show, for the party. You know, in San Francisco, there's a lot <laughs> going on with human feces all over the streets there. What beautiful city. But it's got some challenges today. Well, uh, at least they're putting the cat to, you know, good use. And actually, I think I might, I would, might maybe go. I don't know. I, I'm not averse to, to rats, so to speak. Yeah, but these are usually, uh, you know, demonized, these little rodents. I know, I know. They have a bad rap. Very bad rap. Uh, but I understand in places like L.A., they're introducing cats uh, to come and do their little cat scans, and there's predators and all, L.A. City Hall and all that. Just the DJs. I think they already have them in some police stations in L.A. Do they? Okay, well, okay. Uh, keeping with the rat theme here, uh, Dateline here in Germany, okay? we got a German town of Bensheim. Rescue workers got an unusual call. A chubby rat needed help. After getting stuck halfway out of a sewer manhole, a little girl found the distressed and squeaking creature. The rat had a lot of winter flab and was stuck at her hip in the manhole. There was no going forward or back, said animal rescuer Michael Sear. A fairly large rescue operation ensued leading some to question why all the effort was spent on saving a sewer rat. Even animals that are hated by many deserve respect, uh, Mr. Sear is quoted as saying. Volunteer firefighters reacted to a call on Sunday afternoon um, to take care of the situation, but a whole team of rescuers were already there. They could not free the chunky rodent from the top of the manhole cover. With the help of a full team of firefighters, their tax dollars going to good use here in Germany. With the help of a full team of firefighters, the manhole cover was lifted and propped on wedges while Mr. Sear managed to pop the rotund rat free. She was released straight back into the sewer. Probably had 10,000 babies. Well, maybe it was fat because it was pregnant. I don't know, but it could be. That's another reason not to be fat. That's another topic. <laughs> we'll do our diet, our rat diet next show. Uh, okay, uh, we have a story, another story. Estonia, if uh, you folks out there know where that is. Estonia rescues a wild wolf from ice, uh, thinking it was a dog. In that uh, story, kind-hearted Estonian workers rushed in, back in February to rescue a dog in distress from a freezing river unaware of the fact that they were actually about to bundle a wild wolf into their ca- their car. The men were working on the Cindy Dam on the Parnu River when they spotted the animal trapped in the icy water. After clearing a path through the ice, they took the frozen canine to a clinic for medical care. Only then was it revealed they had been carrying a wolf. The Estonian Union for the Protection of Animals, Yupa, said the wolf had low blood pressure when it arrived at the veterinarian's office, which may have explained its docile nature, after the men carried it to their car to warm it up. One of the men said, We had to carry him over the slope. He weighed a fair bit. He was calm, slept on my legs. When I wanted to stretch them, he raised his head for a moment. Veterinarians had some suspicions over the large dog's true nature, but it was a local hunter familiar with the region's wolves who finally confirmed it was uh, c- confirmed it was uh, 
what it was, and that was, of course, a young male wolf about a year old. Armed with this new information, clinic staff decided to put the wolf in a cage after treatment in case it became less docile once it recovered. The wolf recovered from its brush with death within a day, and after being fitted with a GPS collar by researchers from the National Environmental Agency, it was released back into the wild. Estonia is home to hundreds of wolves, only a handful of which have been collared in recent years. As a species, they usually avoid humans. Yeah, I guess it's a good idea. And it's also a good idea for humans to avoid wolves because they're not domestic animals. So, but that's a nice story. So you don't want to keep your kids, you know. No, but that's a nice story. You can't tell a wolf from a dog. I, I mean, I don't think I would be able to tell a wolf from a dog. Um, Something like our coyotes here in Los Angeles. Well, a wolf is a dog. It's a wild dog. Soft canine species. Anyway, it's time to get a little serious here. So last week we had a guest who talked about the um, problem puppy mills in Pennsylvania, specifically Lancaster County, which is Amish country. And I thought um, today, actually we're going to have a guest today at uh, 2.30 Pacific Coast time. She'll be calling in from Iowa. And um, her name is Mindy uh, Callison. She is with, uh, oh my goodness, the name escapes me, Bailing Out Benji. Uh, It's a rescue for dogs. And she's in Iowa, and she will talk to us about the problems in Iowa. So that's Bailing Out Benji. And we're going to have Mindy on in about 21 minutes. So I thought I'd um, talk about a specific case involving an Amish woman, an Amish dog breeder. And uh, this happened on May 24, 2018 in Pennsylvania. She had, actually, I don't know how many dogs she had, but the SPCA, the Pennsylvania SPCA, on May 24, 2018, uh, walked on the property and took 15 dogs, and including uh, at least three that had been illegally debarked. I don't know how you even legally debark a dog. but Wait, Nancy, what does debarking mean? For those well, including me who, who don't know well, what it okay. means. It, it, in Pennsylvania, it's illegal to debark a dog unless you use you, a vet, a licensed vet, and you give the dog anesthesia. That seems like something really, really against nature. To debark, are you, you t- taking away their voice? Well, they do that because if you're a dog in a cage and all your life and you're pregnant all your life, you're going to bark. You're talking about these mills, yes. right? Yeah, okay. you're going to bark. So she, I suppose, uh, didn't want the dogs barking anymore. So they seized her dogs. Um, and her name is Annie Beeler. And Beeler is a very common Amish name for those of you who had any doubts. She was an unlicensed breeder in Quarryville, Lancaster County in Pennsylvania. So these humane law officers, they removed the dogs. And actually, they got a, a tip. It's very important if you see something out there, call a rescue, call somebody, and at least you did you did your what's the right thing. And they they may or may not go out there and check it out, but these people did, and they removed five adult dogs from the property. Three of them were Doberman Princhers, one was a German Shepherd. She was pregnant, and they also took a Husky away. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around taking the voice away from a dog. It's cruel. To me, that's like cutting the paws off the dog. Well, I, I want to tell you, you what the outcome can, of the case is, which is even worse. But, I but, mean, I don't know. Well, not worse, but not. What, 
fitting I, for the crime. Can I stop you so I don't have to go to therapy here? What is what does it involve taking a dog's bark away from the dog? They take a pipe rod and they slam it down the dog's throat until you break uh, the vocal cords. That's great. That's just wonderful. Well, it's an accepted practice if you hire a veterinarian and the dog is provided with adequate anesthesia. So imagine if they did that to humans, folks. You know, exactly. It's taking the voice away. It's taking away an eye or uh, taking away a paw. It's, it's, it's just the sound yeah, of it. it, it I, I've not been familiar with it until you just revealed it a minute ago. Honestly, yeah, never heard that. of it. It's a current. It's a common practice. Disgusting. So, um, and I'll, and uh, and to make uh, to add fuel to the fire, nine puppies had been improperly docked by rubber bands placed on their tail. Okay. So, um, what Beeler did, she and her family, they docked the tails of the nine Doberman puppies. And what they did is they placed rubber bands on the tails when the puppies were about three years old. And um, three of the puppies had, the, Dober- the Doberman puppies had an infection on the tails. One puppy had infection on the left eye so bad, causing permanent visual damage that they had to remove the eye from the dog. These are the dogs that we adopt, or actually not, that we buy from these uh, puppy factories. Um, now, three of the dogs had been debarked, as um, as I said before. Disgusting. She admitted it. She actually said Ms. she... Miller admitted it? She said she paid $60 for each procedure. She was there when a rod-like object was thrust down their throats three times. But um, she thought that the person doing it, her name is Felling, was a licensed vet, but she was not licensed in Pennsylvania. Um, so... Um, and this is a, c- a common debarking method in the Amish community. So I, I think, I think the act, that act alone, should have been grounds for a felony charge for both I agree. It's Beeler so or Byler, whatever the hell her name outrageous. is, and felling. At least a felony charge. But we got to disseminate this information, make the people aware of this, because uh, but for you having mentioned, I wasn't aware of any of this stuff. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know either until I, I, I saw the horrible uh, hunter report from. Um, Humane Society, and I thought, my goodness, what is going on here? Um, so all the item, all the animals were signed over to the SP, to the uh, Pennsylvania Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. So, forty-seven-year-old Beeler was charged in August two thousand eighteen. She was charged with fourteen counts of animal cruelty, one count of Beautiful. neglect. This is good. Yeah, this is good. So, as they all do, in May of two thousand nineteen. She worked out a plea with the assistant district attorney, Mark Fetterman, and ultimately Judge Howard Nisley sentenced her to two years of unsupervised probation and on the, mis- on the misdemeanor charges and ordered her to pay a $25 fine for each of the four summary offenses. She didn't do one day in jail not one it day not even a fine like that would really hurt her they didn't shut her down not unsupervised probation unsupervised it sounds like a to- token slap on the hand it's terrible it be much I, more I, even doing that to one dog right. it was just I, uh, unimaginable now she was also ordered to surrender all the dogs on her property except for one i don't know about that one and she's subject to routine checks by the pennsylvania sbca and she's prohibited for a period of two years to own or work with dogs but after the two years is up, she can go right back into action. And, you know, you have an association with the Amish as these do-gooders and all this, and they're just torturing animals, sticking pipes down their throats. 
People, hitting slap on hands. You know, at work, people are saying, why are you hating on the Amish? Why are you picking yeah. on the Amish? Well, it's because you, hire, you have a high... Like, like, for example, I'm going to give the example sure. of this vet. Denise Felling, okay, who was the uh, unlicensed vet. She was, she's 55, by the way. She did plead guilty to eight felony charges of animal cruelty um, involving torture and serious bodily injury and all that. But what they... This is a vet you're talking the, about, right? The, the would-be vet. Actually, she was she was uh, her license was removed revoked in Iowa, so she had been educated and had been licensed in Iowa, but her license in Iowa had been revoked. So, after she tortured the dogs, she went back to Iowa. So when they found out about this, they actually had her extradited. They had her extradited from uh, arrested in Iowa and extradited to Lancaster County to face these charges. Now, Felling, who represented herself as a vet, and was kind of a vet, even though she wasn't a vet anymore in Iowa, spent two months in jail. She did spend two months in jail. And I'm, I'm thinking it's great. only because Kudos to the it's, it's like a lawyer who commits a crime. Right. Your sentence is going to be higher than a person who's not an attorney or a pharmacist who sells drugs to set an example. You have a higher duty. Right. So because of her higher duty, I'm thinking that's the only reason that she spent two months in jail. So... So she spent two months in jail. Then they let her go uh, for time served, released on probation, and she had to pay uh, the court fees in the amount of about $1,200. So I'm thinking to myself, you take this so seriously that you pay all these tax dollars to have her picked up and arrested in Iowa, take her to Lancaster County, throw her in jail for two months, and then all you do is just release her? I'm just... I. But I, she did do two years on time. Uh, two, two months. Years. Oh, two months. She did two, two months. months. You in know the what? latter of 2018. I think, you know, to, to create a chilling effect, uh, you know, because of all this outrageous behavior, right, atrocious behavior, I think it's got to get disseminated and published out there. And you're part of that train to get all the, you know, this should be on the news. The way they show these videos of people fighting at McDonald's and at Walmart, they should show these, you know, like the FBI's most wanted. And I think that their the publication of their images, of their atrocities, what they do to animals, in Pennsylvania, Iowa, and really, it should be, you know, published. And that'll have an embarrassment, ch- chilling effect, because most people have, you know, just the li- their little religious Amish, and they're horseback. Exactly. And, 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 they've, and they're little bars. Right. And, and like, they're, yeah. Sound yeah. like the poor Quaker Oats guy and all this. They're not little innocent people. They're abusing. No. And actually, I'm betting you people don't know this, and you're, you're assisting in getting it published, and we got to do more to do that. Well, I mean, uh, Missouri is the top uh, violator, and uh, I don't think there are a lot of Amish people there. It's just, it's just, it, you, you, if you're gonna, if you want a purebred, could you please do your homework? Really, really research it. And actually, by their own admission, the Amish people. It, it, actually, I saw an article, an article. It's on AmishAmerica.com. This was in May 2016. If you go to AmishAmerica.com, you're going to see. An article where Amish dog breeders they seek to improve their standards. They knew then that they have a negative. They had a negative reputation. They knew then, and they said, "I guess it was for public relations." But it doesn't matter if it makes lives better for dogs. They cooperated with Purdue University. There was a director there at Purdue University. I think um, there's a Center for Animal Welfare. I think her name was Candace Crony. Anyway, they worked together because they had. Uh, they knew that things that. They didn't, they didn't have a good public image when it came to breeding. But what I um, 
I don't think much came out of it because they said, well, we're going to socialize the dogs. We have to exercise the dogs. We're going to do all this. But they didn't really get to the bottom of it. You know, these dogs need serious medical care. They need to be in clean, ventilated conditions. Let me ask a question. See, so if the people go out to these breeders, particularly the Amish, they're not rescuing a dog here. Okay, they should have dog rescues who have a variety of breeds and all that, and their needs could be satisfied. What they're doing is, from these breeders, is they're torturing the, the mothers, right, who are constantly pregnant. Isn't yeah, that the abusive or, part of it? Yeah, three or four litters a year. Right, so. so they make them pregnant all the time to yeah. produce like a machine, like a conveyor right. belt. So you're, you're getting a cute little puppy, maybe, but you're sustaining and encouraging, promoting the torture, yeah. right, of the, the mother, of the breeders. And you're probably also getting a defective puppy because these dogs get sick. Oh, that's right. So, so it's, it's a mill. You're getting a defective puppy, but that, that's what artificially and even and to make matters worse yeah. even if you don't care right. about the health of the mother the health of the puppy there um what about your health because there's um like we all just said the oversight of veterinary care is an especially uh, significant concern with the there's there there've been recent outbreaks of diseases that could uh, that spread not only to dogs but also spread to humans and oh um, there's something called feared. canine brusolosis. That's what I've always feared. You don't even have dogs. Your cats and dogs <laughs> sleeping on the bed and all this. There's it's it's called canine brucellosis, and it's incurable in dogs, and it can spread to humans. It is, um, and it's mainly transmitted during breeding. Puppies can become infected from their mother during pregnancy. You know, there was a news item in the uh, the news recently about parvovirus. And that was spread, and I think for breeders, too. That was yeah, recently on the I news. don't know, but probably. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio, Nancy DeFabu Animal Welfare Show. Beautiful, dynamic, and well-intentioned. Well, I also want to be fair. And if you want to call in and chime in and give us your opinion, you're more than welcome. 323 is our phone number, 203-0815. That's 323-203-0815. L.A. Talk Radio, Nancy DeFabio. Her animal show. Beautiful. Go ahead, Nancy. So I think this is not long ago. More than 118 people got sick in an outbreak of this infection called Campylobacter infection. It was traced back to uh, pet store puppies in two, from 2016 to 2018. And according from um, these doc, uh, some documents were obtained from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and uh, Prevention. And many of these puppies came from USDA licensed breeders and brokers. That's 118 people who got sick. Wow. Um, they, these dogs get this uh, infection by ingesting or coming into contact with infected feces or infected food or water. So they're stacked in cages. One dog poops on the top, falls on the guy on the bottom. The poop falls in the water. It's all one big. So those are buying. Those who are buying from these event. breeders, the cute little puppies. They come with a hidden package, correct? Yeah. Of diseases. Yeah. And so I mean, forth. look, I, I'm, I don't are. want. There are some breeders out there, you know, mom and pop, and they, you know, they breed a few, one litter a year, one litter every two years. They're really caring and they're loving. That's now, I'm not an advocate of breeding dogs, but I'm saying, you know. We don't want to put them in the same category That's as these people. That's very fair of you and objective. And we don't want to put them in the same. It's not just wrong. Because, right. you know, you, you have to respect your opinion. You may not agree with it, but, you know, they think it's okay to breed a dog, and they do it with full love and respect for the dog. But this is not the case here. And 
what makes worse, what's worse is about these infections that break out and can affect humans. We'll never really know uh, which, if any, of the breeders are linked. You can't identify the breeder linked to these uh, outbreaks because um, huh. because the USDA in 2017 redact, re, it began to redact breeder names, licensee names. A lot of uh, information was removed from the... Why would they do that? Why wouldn't you want to foster accountability? Yeah, they can trace ahead of lettuce with E. coli. They and they don't to, want you to track down the animals. What, what kind of government do we have? That's ridiculous. Well, see the thing the 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 USDA governs cats and dogs, and it's supposed to provide them. It provides the minimum standards of care for da- cats and dogs, and it's supposed to be a protective agency. And it's really minimum standards of care: water, shelter. It's supposed to provide. It's supposed to look after these animals, be the protector, the overseer. And when they started, in 2000, I think they started in February 2017 to really remove a lot of information from the website. So you can't even know what, you got an infected dog, you made two infected, and now you don't know what breeder it was. Um, they, their, their reason for doing that is that they want to protect the privacy of the licensee. I'm going to go into more detail uh, next week, I hope, uh, about the whole USDA revamp. They scrubbed a lot of information off there, uh, and it's for purposes of um, protecting the licensee. So so there was a shift there. There was a shift. But I'm going to go more in detail. Uh, So in five minutes, we're going to be joined by Mindy, who's going to give us more information. Um, Now, I want to go into this is a this is a business, okay? This is a, a business by the Amish, and they and they the, the farms come in different sizes, like dogs. One dog can have uh, three litters with up to seven puppies, and um, it really depends on the breed. So, let's say one of these godly people owns twenty dogs, okay? Now each dog produces fifteen pups per year, so that's three hundred puppies. Now at the very low rate of two hundred dollars, I mean you can. Really, they go for thousands, but I thought I'd be cheap today. They're raking in Bitcoin. Tell so us. So the total Tell sales us, is sixty thousand dollars. Okay. For what? Based on That's what? That's their How? revenue, just selling dogs. Okay. Who, whose revenue? Amish revenue. Okay. okay. But is it multiple sales of Amish? Do they have different names? Is it one family? It's separate. Uh, there's uh, there's names familiar, like Miller is a big one. Yoder is a big one. Beeler. Be- Beeler, I'd never heard of Beeler before, but I'm sure that they, you know, they. Yes, and, and the Beeler family has more than one dog farm. Is this mostly based in Pennsylvania? Uh, Ohio is pretty bad. Can you give us some towns? Uh, we got to wake these people up, call to action. Holmes County. They got to protest. All the, ta- all the, ta- the, the ta- some towns in Holmes County. I can give you a county in Ohio. And, but uh, in Iowa, Mindy maybe can tell us what counties are more uh, or worse than others. People have to voice their displeasure okay. or disapproval of the status quo here. So uh, now, they actually, if you some of them, they gross hundreds of thousands of dollars, and the operating cost, the cost, they have no operating cost. Very few, you know, a little bit of water, some food just to keep them alive, um, and there is no government oversight. And the point I want to make is there's no lack of customers, because at that uh, article that I read from uh, Amish America. The, parag- the last paragraph, I think, is the most telling, and I'm going to quote. I'm going to read it verbatim here. There is a demand for pet dogs that will be filled by someone. 
If Amish plan to continue in the business, improving standards and their reputation will be a plus for everyone involved, dogs included. There's a market. As long as there's a market for these dogs from Amish puppy mills, they're going to continue to do what they do. It's just business. Um, they, they, uh, and also they sell online. There's Lancaster Puppies. Uh, there's another uh, one that's popular, nextdaypets.com. And another thing that I thought, um, uh, we, we can continue later. Let's pick up Mindy. Mindy on the line? Mindy's on the line. This Mindy, are you on the line? Let's see. We'll see. Our Hello? Maybe Mindy's on this the line. This is Mindy Callison. Hello, Mindy. This is Nancy DeFabio and William Mayoff, <laughs> and you're on LA Talk Radio. I'm so happy you called. Thank you. <laughs> so, no problem. Thank you for having me on. Well, I welcome, think you could. Welcome. You, William Mayoff here. Pleased to have you. I think you can provide Thank valuable you. information. So before we get into the beat of things, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your organization is about? So my name is Mindy Callison, and I'm the executive director and founder of Bamming Out Benji. We are a national nonprofit organization that educates about the puppy mill industry and its connection to pet stores. I started Bamming Out Benji when I was 21 after being very homesick when I was away at college and going to a pet store. And, of course, at the minute you walk into the store, they put a puppy in your hands and you fall in love with it. Wow. Um, as a broke college student, instead of, um, you know, making me walk out the door because I didn't have money, they gave me a credit card with a 30% interest rate just so I would walk out with this $3,000 puppy. Wow. And wow. that was really what started <clears throat> this whole organization for me. Um, two weeks later, I learned about what puppy bills are. Because the local news station covered that pet store that I bought my puppy from, as well as the exact breeder that was on my my puppy's paperwork. And, of course, he was one of the worst puppy mills in the country. So from there, I just kind of started talking and educating and trying to get people to realize that we vote with our money every single day. And if you want to adopt a dog, that's wonderful. And we, we really think everyone should adopt. But if you really decide to buy, you need to be meeting the parents and not just trusting a pet store. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Meeting the parents. Yeah. Mean, meaning the mother and father of the dog, correct? Or the, the animal, correct? <laughs> right. Absolutely. You want to make sure that you're meeting the parents because reputable breeders want to know who you are just as much as you should want to know who they are. This so you cool. connect the... So, so are you like the coordinator of connecting the potential buyer with the breeder? Oh, no, no, no. Um, That's not my role in this at all. We actually expose pet stores and what puppy mills they buy from. I'm just saying if somebody decides to buy a dog instead of adopting, they should 100% meet the parents. Okay, but they don't. So what pet stores uh, are bad pet stores and uh, where are the bad breeders? So a lot of the puppy mills are predominantly located in the Midwest. We call the Midwest the puppy mill belt. That would be Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Our Midwest puppy mills, um, like Missouri, for example, has over 900 puppy mills. And my research shows that that equals almost 50,000 adult breeding dogs. So these aren't small operations. These are breeders that have hundreds and thousands of adult breeding dogs. And their customers are pet stores, a lot of them 
So these breeders will ship all of these puppies from the Midwest in the back of semi-trucks and in the back of transport vans to get to pet stores that are 30 hours away. Oh and then those puppies are sold to the public. And these pet stores are nationwide, or is there certain regions uh, that they, you know, they, they're located? So typically every state has pet stores that sell puppy mill dogs. California used to have a lot of them. Yeah. And then in 2018, you guys just recently passed a law that says pet stores have to get their puppies from shelters and rescues. Wow. Unfortunately, what we <clears throat> of the law that passed in 2018 stated that pet stores have to get their puppies from rescues and shelters. And that's only for the state of California. Unfortunately, what we saw is some of these puppy mills in the Midwest got a rescue license as well and continued selling puppies in those pet stores. So right here in California, you have puppies for sale for thousands of dollars, and the pet stores are claiming they're rescue dogs, but they're purebred little eight-week-old puppies. But is that because there's a consumer demand for these uh, dogs? Because I mean, if, it is. It's, sorry, go ahead. No, because I'm thinking if you're not, you know, maybe people want huskies and pinch Dobermans and you know, it's no. But Mindy brings up an important point. That's terrible. See, California is very progressive. They should be applauded for introducing and passing legislation. You know that rescues supply the the the, 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 the you know the pet stores, but it's so devious that you just brought up Mindy. We appreciate it. And that's being circumvented, and that uh, they're faking that uh, these puppy mills now, they just rebrand them and call them uh, rescue operations, and they're not. That's just total fraud, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, because of my organization, we've exposed a lot of those pet stores and rescues in California. Um, you can go to our website, yes, which is com. Say it again, please, slowly. <laughs> Say it again. Is that okay? Say it again. Say it, Mindy. Go ahead. Sailingoutbenji.com. Yep. And the the best part of our website is that we connect, like I said, pet stores to puppy mills, but I also go on and expose the fake rescues. And I don't just call them fake. I actually show you that they went through the process of becoming a rescue, but you can also see their dual breeder license as well. So we catch these these fraudulent practices very quickly. And a lot of the fake rescues in Iowa are actually being sued by our attorney general because they are choosing to be fraudulent in their sales. So what about uh, the attorney general here in California? Um, They have that information, right? They know what's going on. Right. They do. And unfortunately, what we're hearing from a lot of the authorities in California is the pet stores aren't breaking the law. So they care about the pet store side. Uh, Bailing Out Benji is actually involved in a lawsuit in California because we are suing a chain of pet stores that are using fake rescues. And we are trying to hold them accountable because they are choosing to knowingly buy from puppy mills that are pretending to be rescued. Well, yeah, I mean, they know. Just so they can keep selling $5,000 puppies. So the the pet stores are complicit. the The pet stores are complicit in this. They're well aware of who they're buying from. Oh, they absolutely. So our pet stores will tell you they don't buy from puppy mills. They visit the breeders personally. But I can tell you when we track these sales through government health documents, a lot of most of the puppies are being shipped in in semi trucks. And that is listed on, on the health documents that I obtain. 
So you can see that the breeder or the pet store owner is not driving all the way out to the Midwest every week to pick their puppies. They're trusting brokers to ship puppies to them in semis. That is, uh... You know, they have to be exposed. This is just wonderful. You were saying too, Mindy, this is just great information. The public should, you know, be sensitive to this and do something and not, you know, and not uh, promote or endorse or go to these, these pet stores. Well, I, I keep it keeps coming down to the consumer. I right. mean, if you see a dog that's wow that's ch- costing two thousand dollars, well, I mean, is this really a rescue? Rescue exactly, Mindy. It's a hundred degrees in LA uh, today. Okay, so I'm really frightened as the summer kicks in, June 9th and all that. It gets warm. You tell me, thirty hour drives. That's very very demonic horrible you know horrific uh, conditions for any puppies being traveled you know i'm sure a lot of them don't make it right they probably dropped it from the heat right mindy it's just abusive and sick right and and unfortunately if you know anything about like transporting laws or semi-truck drivers they're not allowed to drive more than ten, eight or ten hours a day so these puppies remain in that semi or in that transport right. van overnight right. when the drivers are resting. Right. And so there's a whole there's a big problem with it. Every single year, the horrible or the Humane Society in the United States puts out the horrible hundred puppy mill list. And that's one that again, if you go on our website, we have puppy mill maps and you can see these horrible hundred breeders. Um, but some of them are transport companies. And there was one huge transport company in Missouri that got in a lot of trouble because they shipped puppies to pet stores but left them in the hot van and the puppies died. And you can Google, there's no shortage of stories of puppy transporters that have left puppies in the van in the winter in New York City and they died. Um, These people aren't trained to take care of dogs, nor are they trained to take care of these 50 puppies that they're transporting from Missouri to New York or from Missouri to L.A. To them, it's, it's just stock. It's a it's huge just, problem. Yeah, it's stock. It's chickens. They don't care. Exactly. We're so grateful that you're bringing this to light. So to go to your website, we have to see all these this criminal element here. we really got to get the authorship and expose all these people. There are a lot of really, really good statistics on that website, good information, and good maps. Now tell me a little bit about, um, so these puppy mills and an Amish country, they don't have such a sophisticated operation. How do they sell their dogs? So the Amish typically use um, that third-party brokering system. So the whole puppy mill industry has a lot of facets that make it work. So you've got the breeder, the puppy mill owner, that is breeding the dogs, and they're either selling them straight to the public through websites or straight through the public to pet stores, or there's another of this called a broker and this person holds a different license they hold a broker license and what they do is they drive to say amish country in ohio and they will drive through holmes county ohio and they will fill their semis full of puppies and then that broker takes the puppy to the pet store so the amish typically work with brokers and um if you know anything about the Amish way of life, they don't rely on electricity like we do. So, again, you just said that it's 100 degrees in L.A. Right. Well, right here in the Midwest, it's also extremely hot. So imagine being a dog in a breeding cage, which is six inches larger than its body, oh. in the 115-degree heat here in 
here in the Midwest mm. with no air conditioning. And then in the winter, when it's negative 40, they're in their breeding kennels. And again, those kennels are six inches longer than their body. They don't have any heat. So these Amish people, because of their way of life, breed cruelty. They're constantly breeding sick and injured and neglected Suffering dogs. animals, and suffering so, animals, yeah. Exactly. But why would the brokers... Um... I guess they don't. How do you, do they clean up the puppy? I mean, how, doesn't it show at one point that this is a sick dog? That this is there's something wrong. How, how do they put a ribbon on an ugly yeah. situation with sick dogs? They probably just throw those that don't, you know, uh, look uh, saleable in a nice shiny package in the, well, garb, how, in the garbage. How young are they when they're taken from the mother? Because if they're young enough, they look pretty healthy. <clears throat> right. So legally. Puppies are not allowed to be crossing state lines unless they're eight weeks old. I'm going to tell you that that is oh, that law is always broken by brokers and pet stores. Usually, by the time a puppy arrives at a pet store, it is eight weeks old. And the pet store immediately gets the puppies off of the transport. They're the ones that clean them up, and then they put them up for sale. Because you can imagine, again, if those puppies are traveling for 30 hours from Missouri they're to New dead. York— even if that puppy happened to be clean when it was purchased or when it was picked up from the puppy mill, you know it's defecating and likely vomiting because it's sick or because of, you know, it's never been in a car and it's never yeah. been in a car for 30 hours. So the pet store cleans up these puppies, immediately puts them for sale, and then the public buys a puppy and they have no idea what the history is. They don't know if it's going to have genetic issues. They don't know if it has any current health issues like parvo. Giardia, coccidia, kennel cough. Those diseases are all very common in pet store puppies. I, I was just mentioning to Nancy earlier, if, before I think your call, that it made the news here in Los Angeles that puppies were being sold here and many of them had parvo, the parvovirus. Mm -hmm. It probably yeah, touched upon what you're talking about. So yeah, it, unfortunately, it's so common. It's so common. And parvo is extremely hard to treat. Um, the Humane Society of the United States, again, just did an undercover investigation of several pet lamb stores across the country where the employees are on camera admitting that if a dog comes in with parvo, it's put in a cage in the back and they leave it to die because parvo is too expensive to treat. Wow. But rescues, reputable rescues, will go broke saving puppies who have parvo because they care about every well single said. life that comes into their doors. Well said, well said. Now, now, some of these bred puppies, when they get sick and they're, you know, sold, some of them have communicable diseases that can affect the, the future owners or guardians. They can get people sick. Is that correct? That is correct. So last can you year, speak to that issue? Mindy, can you speak to that issue a little bit? So if, if we really want to spark the interest in any half-decent human being that walks among us, all these potential consumers, because if, Consumers can see the reality and the cash flow, the money flow could stop or be impeded. We'll get reaction. We'll get results. So maybe on that level, if we could scare some consumers, legitimately so, right. that when you're buying sick stuff, it's like going to the market and buying tainted meat and gray meat. Right. So could, could you expand if that's okay? Yeah. A little bit, Mandy, would you? Yeah, absolutely. So there are actually two cases that I will talk about. Um, the first one being last year, the CDC, so the Government's Center for Disease Control, had to issue a statement because over 118 
people were sick and hospitalized because of puppies sold in pet land stores. Wow. So these are people who walked in to play with puppies, wow. and they had no idea that these puppies had a disease called Campylobacter. It's kind of hard to say, but right. Campylobacter. And this disease was getting passed on to the humans, wow. and that disease was antibiotic-resistant. And it's wow. because the dogs back at the puppy mill and the puppies are pumped with so many antibiotics right. before health testing because they want to test healthy that um, the humans, when we started getting that disease, we had the antibiotic-resistant strain. And so the CDC actually had to issue a statement about how many puppies were sold sick from Petland. And that's just one case. Um, even more recently, there was a whole 100 puppy mill here in Iowa, where I'm from, right. that decided to auction off all of their dogs. And if you guys have not heard about dog auctions or puppy mill auctions, Google it. They're horrible, horrible events that happen here in the Midwest. If a breeder has 300 dogs and they want to go out of business, they put them all for sale to the highest bidder in an auction style. Um, like selling cars, like selling cars to... with hidden defects and all this terrible. Exactly. So with this with this recent case, which literally happened last month, a puppy mill in Iowa sold dogs with a disease called brucellosis. And again, that's one of the only diseases that can pass to humans. Wow. It's an STD in dogs. So it's commonly found in breeding facilities. Um, but a lot of the dogs that were rescued by area shelter rescues tested positive for brucellosis and because it can be transferred to humans some states require those dogs to be euthanized after they test positive but these breeders are not required to test their breeding stock for it so again if you walk into a pet store and you buy a puppy from this puppy mill that has brucellosis your puppy might test positive for brucellosis as well so if the consumer doesn't care just based on humanity, to be nice to these poor innocent animals, then you know those of the if we can appeal to those who don't want to get sick themselves. You get what I'm saying, Mindy? If they just you know want to stay, stand clear of that, then they need to go to your website. We need to get these violators and for their own, their own health of their own kids and themselves. Come on, you're talking CDC. This is a legitimate concern, and 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 this should really raise a red flag and discourage people from going. To these uh, puppy mills and, and are there are there legitimate rescues? Let let's say I want a poodle or a chihuahua, or whatever. Are there legitimate rescues that have these purebred dogs that I can Absolutely. adopt? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you go on websites like petfinder.com or adoptapet.com, listen to Mindy. Listen to Mindy. In. She's great. Yep, so you can type in Siberian Husky, and it will show you all of the Siberian Huskies available for adoption. There are many, many breed-specific rescues, here in the Midwest especially. Uh, off the top of my head, I know that we have an English Bulldog rescue, we have a Husky rescue, we have a Pug rescue. Um, literally, if you want a dog, you can find it in rescue. And there are reputable breeders, and I will always, always say that. But people should always advocate for adoption first. And yes, that puppy might not be right down the street, but you can easily find a dog to adopt if you just look for it. Okay. So petfinder.com and adoptapet.com? Yes. Okay. Now, what are the bad ones? Before we wrap up here, what are the bad ones to stay away from? Lancasterpuppies.com is probably one. Yep. Lancasterpuppies.com is one. There's one called Puppy Find. 
Okay. Here are the, the similarities. So the website's created to mimic PetFinder. Oh. And PetFinder is established. PetFinder is the rescue and shelter website. Puppies Find is where you can go and type in whatever breed of puppy you want, and they will connect you with a breeder, and they will not tell you who the breeder is until after you've bought the dog. And that is always a red flag. You want to at least know a breeder name so right. you can Google it to see if they have violations. So puppiesfind.com is horrible. Nextdaypets.com is also horrible. Um, again, if you're looking to get a dog and you're and it's not from a reputable shelter or rescue, you have to meet the parents. You have to make right. sure that they're great, great people and taking care of their dogs. But in this day and age, with California shelters overflowing with amazing dogs, I completely advocate for people giving those dogs a chance to. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much, Mindy, for coming on. Let's keep in touch because um, I have a few other questions that I'd like to talk about on the show. But thanks for coming on. Mindy, Mindy, you're fantastic. I'm boiling over, bubbling over with enthusiasm. you got to come back, okay? <laughs> you're a saint. I'm really you serious. You let me know. Okay. I will come back anytime. You're Thank a, you you're very much. For anyone listening. For anyone listening, if you want to get involved, you can find Bailing Out Benji on Facebook and on Instagram. And, of course, our website is a time suck. There's so much knowledge on there that you can read for hours and really get in-depth knowledge on the puppy mill industry. Okay, a million thanks to you. Thank it's you really very appreciated. much, Mindy. We'll speak to you soon. Thank we you can... both for having me. You have a great day. Pleasure. Ciao. You too. Ciao. Thanks, Mindy. Okay. That was a nice. She was great. Person. Man, she got to have her good back work. on. She's so authoritative. Good work. These people do good work, and um, that's the, the bottom line: is stay away from these these evil people. Don't buy dogs if you want. That's how you stop. But you could fill the need through legitimate way without yeah, puppy exactly. suffering. You can get your Siberian husky without having to right. go through this these torturous. Nancy, puppy this mills. is a great mission to work with you on. This really, it's a noble. To help these animals. Yeah, it's Good it's job. we gotta we gotta you know it's a reflection on us. It Good really job, is. Nancy. It's a reflection on us. Anyway, folks, I really want to thank you for spending this time with us. And next week we're going to have an ex Amish person on to talk with us to talk about Amish culture and Amish beliefs. On convert so, and, and visit us on podcast. We got a podcast. Animallawlawyer.com. Animallawlawyer.com. Tell me what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Do we talk too fast? We don't make sense. Whatever. Just let us know. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.